I know this market seems like it's moving sideways. Bitcoin hasn't moved since we were live on the stream yesterday. But the truth is that if you look at the market and you look under the hood, the market is giving you very, 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 very clear indications of where this market is going next. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, where the mark, what the signs are saying in terms of where the market's going and what I originally thought was going to happen in the market are now completely different. So I think it's fair to say that either I was wrong or it's fair to say that I've actually changed my mind about where the market is going next. And that's what I want to show you here today. I want to show you what the signs are and where the market's going next and why I changed my mind. So let's go. Let's do it. It's such a tough time in the market now because you've got this, this sideways movement um, and we're playing this ETF narrative. But the truth is, I think that this, is, that this ETF trade is actually over. I think that we're focusing a lot on this grayscale ETF and how much money is flowing in and how much money is flowing out. But I actually think that the market is completely, completely, completely not using that information anymore to make its moves. And I'm going to show you what it actually is using and where the next move may actually be. And as I said, it's probably not where you thought or I thought it was going to go. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So listen, if you are new to the channel, you need to subscribe to this channel and you need to subscribe to Banter Plus. And I'm sure that there's links to uh, Banter Plus and Banter, right? And, and, and on top of that, what you also need to do is you need to get an exchange account using a crypto banter link. And the reason for that is because we have got the banter bags. The last time we did banter bags, we made millionaires. We gave over, we gave away over $3 million in tokens. How the banter bags works is as a media company, we get like very early stage allocations in projects. And what we're doing with those is we're putting a thousand dollars of each of the projects that we get into the banter bags. And then when we get to 1 million subscribers on banter, 350,000 on Banter Plus, we will be giving the Banter bags to some lucky winners from the community. Last time we made millionaires, it's going to happen the same this time. Yesterday we had a winner, but guess what? The winner wasn't subscribed to Banter Plus. Can you believe it? So that winner is not actually a winner. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So subscribe to Banter, subscribe to Banter Plus, get an exchange account, any exchange, Bybit, BitGet, any exchange with any link below, just use a link below. And if you've already got a link, you already qualify uh, and you can become, and you will become a millionaire from the banter bags. I promise you that. I promise you that. So now that that's out the way, you've all subscribed, smash the like button, obliterate the like button. Yesterday at the end of the show, we had 2,500 likes. Today, we are trying to break that record. Okay. I can't break the record because I can only like once. Um, and then you have to like, so let's go, 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 go. Let's get on with the alpha of the show today. There's a lot to talk about today. Um, Specifically, what I think is going on here is that, you know, that we're just sitting here waiting for the next move in, in the market. And I, I saw a meme earlier today, and I think that it's one of the funniest memes that I've ever seen in my life, because if you know, you know, okay? So if you know, you know, and if you don't know, well, then you won't know what, the, what this meme is about. But it's like day 15 after the spot Bitcoin ETF approval. And it's like, you know what's going on here. I don't want to play the music because we'll get a copyright strike. Do you feel anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> if you know, you know. I mean, in the, in, the, in, the, in the chat, let me know if you know or if you don't know. So just let me know if you know. Joe, do you know what's going on in this meme? No. You don't know what's going on in the meme here? See, because you don't know. J James, do you know what's going on here in the meme? 
Scarecrows have no opinions. Okay, I'll let you in on, on what happens, uh, what's happening here. So they've just taken some kind of drug, Joe, and they're waiting for it to kick in. So like, like what happens is, apparently, because I don't have any first-hand experience here, I just, I've heard, I've read on, on internet forums, apparently when you take drugs, they don't start immediately. So they're basically sitting there going, do you feel anything? Do you feel anything? No, 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 no. Um, I want to know who knows and who doesn't know. I want to know. Tell me in the chat if you know or if you don't know. <laughs> okay. Jeez. Um, <laughs> this, show, we, this show has gone so bad. This show has gone so bad. Anyway, but that's what it feels like when, I mean, James, I know you know, bro, because we, we've, actually, we've actually sat on a, on a, on a sofa together before. <laughs> um, yeah, Venice, he knows. Um, uh, Vernock knows. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people know. A lot of people know. A lot of people know. Some people don't know. Some people don't know. Um, so yesterday we did have uh, inflows into the ET- or outflows into the ETF. But the good news is that yesterday the GBTC outflows were the lowest GBTC outflows that we've had since the first day, which was very good. But also we had a net negative day on the ETFs, right? So we had a net negative day and GBTC had the lowest outflows, which means that there could be exhaustion on both sides. On the one hand, we could have exhaustion of the GBTC selling, or at least we're starting to get exhaustion of a GBTC selling. On the other hand, we also have exhaustion of the buying. So the guys are going, well, you know, we're not getting as many inflows as we wanted to get. We're not getting as many outflows as we, as we expected, but we're getting this kind of exhaustion. And I kind of think that that's where this trade is at the moment. I think when I look at this ETF trade, this trade is over and we're kind of getting trade exhaustion. So you can see here, when we went into the ETF, we had a $6.31 billion of CME open interest. And now we're back at 4.45. It means 25% of the, of the trade, which geared itself up for the ETF, has now unwind itself. And I think, to be honest, I think this, this trade is, is now over. I think in the next couple of days, we'll keep hearing about the Bitcoin ETF flows, but the market's looking for a new narrative now. And the question is, what is that narrative going to be? Is that one of the signs that we're actually going to speak about? So let's talk about what the next narrative may be now that we're getting narrative exhaustion on the ETF. Um, I think if there were big sellers in Grayscale, they would have exited. I think if there were big buyers into Bitcoin, I think they, will, they would have bought. And I think for now, we're going to get a gradual bleed out of Grayscale and we're going to get a gradual inflow into the other ETFs until eventually we'll end up looking back and going, oh my God, look, we've actually got $5 billion in, in, in ETF trades. So this trade is now finished. Um, just very interestingly on this trade... Um, I saw this, which is so funny. So yesterday, Bitwise, because they're the more Bitcoin native ETF people, they published their Bitcoin address, right? So they said, look, you know, we're all about transparency. We want to be transparent. We've got half a billion dollars of Bitcoin in this wallet over here. And they actually went and published their Bitcoin address, right? That's what happened yesterday. So what did the DGENs do? Uh, The DGENs started sending Bitcoin to the ETF wallet. I said, just like, just put yourself in, in like traditional finances shoes, right? How do you explain that people are sending free Bitcoin into the address where they're storing the underlying asset of the ETF? Just imagine like being the auditor of this thing. Okay, like imagine you're an auditor, you've got to audit the ETF holdings. So the ETF says, look, we've got like 497. So they say this, okay? They say, look, we've sent... into this ETF, and it's one-to-one backed by ETF shares, right? And then the DGENs, okay, go and send extra. So now you're an auditor, 
And the two aren't going aren't gonna, to aren't gonna mix, right? Like, you're going to have one that's higher, one that's lower, okay? Imagine how we have screwed the SEC. Imagine how we have screwed the Financial Services Board. Now the ETFs aren't going to match. To make matters worse, when you actually analyze what the hell people are sending to this Bitwise address, they're sending inscriptions. They're sending ordinals. They're sending fucking Satoshis with inscriptions and ordinals onto it, NFT, on NFTs. We are causing havoc for the financial markets. We're we absolutely destroying the financial market system because imagine like the SEC is looking at this and going, you know, we've just approved the Bitcoin spot ETF and, you know, these Bitcoin guys have like been so bad. And then someone publishes the address of where they're storing the Bitcoin and the DJ sent NFTs. They literally sent NFTs, putting everything, everything, everything out of, uh, out of, out of, out of balance here. Um, and I, I, as Eric Balkuna says, he says, pretty sure this is the first time in history that anyone's ever donated anything to an ETF. Like no one's ever donated in history anything to the ETF. So I think we are causing like real havoc to the traditional financial system. But I'm not really upset about it. I'll tell you why. Because for a long time, we have been a victim or we have been pawns in their financial system, right? Now they can't control us. So even when we integrate into their financial system, which is what we've done here, we've taken our financial system and integrated and bridged it into their financial system, they can't control us. Because up until now, when they have been controlling us, we have been the product. They have had the, the information asymmetry. We have been the product. And what's the result of that? The result of that is that politicians land up making millions from the financial system at the cost of retail investors like us. So yesterday, NVIDIA, Microsoft, and Google partnered with the U.S. government on an AI research program. The prices, of course, all went up, and politicians have all got um, uh, options. So Nancy Pelosi has got options, uh, millions of NVIDIA, uh, Microsoft, and Google options, um, and her portfolio is up 84.3% over the last 12 months due to today's huge jump. So they have been the financial system at our expense. Sorry. So... Now, I know the comments are going to go in the thing. Do you feel it yet? Do you feel it yet? And guys, it's a, I'm getting a bit of a cold. Um, so that is, so up until now, they've been running the financial system at our expense. And they have been the ones profiting at our expense. And now we are basically causing havoc in their financial system. And I saw that. I know it's not the biggest alpha trade that you're going to get, but I just think it was such a cool story to show how we're destroying their current uh, financial system. Um... I think we had the GDP numbers today, and even though their financial system looks good, the GDP numbers look good. You can see that the GDP numbers are actually very, very, very high. The U.S. economy feels like it's on fire. You've got the NASDAQ on at all-time highs. Not only is it at all-time highs, but it's actually just printed a cup and handle, which is a very, very, very bullish pattern. So it feels like everything is good. It feels like the stock market is exploding. It feels like everything is going according to plan. But if you look under the hood... Maybe not. I mean, yesterday, the, the total national debt in America hit $34 trillion. That's the highest the debt's obviously never been. Yesterday, we broke uh, $34 trillion. The debt is so bad that they held a five-year treasury note auction. Now, what, what is a five-year treasury note auction? It's when the government basically auctions off treasury notes. It auctions off its own debt. And here they auctioned off debt with a five-year maturity. 
And the reality is that no one wanted the debt. So no foreign buyers, foreign bidders didn't show up. They had to increase the yield to get more, to offer more yield to take debt. And so the market is kind of saying, look, we gave you the financial system, but this financial system isn't looking very good. And, and what do we mean by not looking very good? We are, it is basically saying that we, we don't want your five-year debt. We're too scared to take debt that's five years out unless you actually increase the rate. And the foreigners don't, don't want it either. And so I read this article, which basically summarized the whole thing. But net-net, it's not exactly a very good thing that's happening. We are starting to see some cracks. And then remember the, the bank term funding program, which was supposed to bail out the banks when the bank started to collapse because of the mismatch in their, 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 their assets and their liabilities because of the high interest rates. Well, that program, the BTFP, which actually made the banks survive, is now being ended on March 11th. And Arthur Hayes actually predicted this. He says, this tells me that they're planning not to renew the, the, the program and hope that Insolvent Bank use other finance mechanisms, such as the discard window. Watch this stealth money printing program, which remains to be seen if a, if, if a bankrupt bank taps the window uh, and their stock doesn't get missed. So I think what, it's good, what he's saying is what, what Matt does saying is, is it's not looking good, bruv. It's, it's not looking good, bruv. Here it's not looking good, bruv. Um, can someone send me that it's not looking good, Brett, but not the one where he says the mouth is the United Nations because that, that was a bit, a bit heavy. That was a bit heavy. Um, but interestingly, this ends, this program comes to an end just before the halving. So you can see that this program come, ha- happens on the 11th of March. We have 74 days until the halving. And I was reading Rect Capital's tweets where he says, look, he thinks we've hit the pre-halving top. He may be right. I mean, there is a chance that in the next couple of weeks, six weeks to eight weeks, we don't actually break the forty-eight or $49,000 level. And we actually do move sideways or maybe even continue to move down. And then what usually happens after the halving is we get the halving and we get a quick post-halving dip. And then we go up into the parabolic stage. So I kind of put one and one together and say, look, you've got this bank program ending. You're expecting a bit of a correction more or less around the halving. Could the bank program ending, could that actually cause the correction just after the halving? Is that, I mean, I may be going a bit too far here, but we should keep our eyes on that. We should be cognizant of the fact that generally after the halving, we do get a little bit of a a, a dip as usual. So that brings me to the point of of where I may be changing my mind, That where I may be changing my mind. And I'll tell you like pretty simply where I may be changing my mind here. I initially said that I think we're going to get a bit of a bounce and we're going to get a short squeeze and then we're going to continue the correction. That's what I said. I said, I'm not 100% convinced that this correction is over. I called this, remember I said to you, this this is a a disrespectable correction. This is not a a correction that should be respected. We said that this correction hadn't even been uh, enough of a correction to scare away Wendy O. Remember we had that whole show, I think it was two days ago, where Wendy O actually joined us, where someone someone in the audience actually texted Wendy O, join the stream, runs talking about you. She came on, we then had to, I had to blush. You remember all of that. I don't, know if, I don't have to tell you about, about all of that. But there's a couple of things here that, that show us, that shows us. So first thing, I looked at this tweet from Adam Cocker, and he says, look, the charts look so unhealthy that if we, get a, if we got a bull trap, plus an absolutely soul-crushing bloody wick down to the next level, I'd probably bid, as hard, bid hard as that would defeat sentiment. But choppy consolidation and gradual downs won't put in a bottom here. I want people to lose hope. And that's exactly what I said. I said, 
I don't feel that we can reach a bottom where we just gradually go down, where no one gets scared, where, where, the, the, fear and greed, where, where the fear and greed index looks like this. Like, I mean, this is our fear and greed index. It's actually up from yesterday. Our fear and greed index is at 52. Nobody's scared. So we've had a 20% correction and absolutely, absolutely nobody is scared. We would have been scared if we repeated the, all the other Bitcoin ETF, futures ETF, etc., where they went down 84% and 78%. But in this case, no one is scared. I mean, just look at this. The fear and greed index is a 52. People are still posting about old season is coming. No one's scared. I looked at some influencers. What, are the, what kind of videos are they making? This influencer over here is making a video. Uh, is making a video. Top 15 crypto gems. Then Annie made a video. Uh, my low cap, low cap altcoin buy list revealed. Um, George made a, uh, he's talking about altcoins. Kyle Chassis, he's making top five altcoins to buy once it's safe. So I think he's taking maybe a slightly more conservative approach. But ultimately, what I know about corrections is that corrections don't end when people are posting 10x altcoin picks and low cap, micro cap altcoins. That's not when corrections end. Corrections end when you think the world is about to end, when you think the bull market is over, that is when the correction ends. And I think I agree with Adam. I think I agree with him when he says that this slow chop isn't going to change, is not going to shake out anybody. We need, we need a correction. We need a, a respectable correction. And then we need to move forward with the cycle. And for the longer we get this slow chop, the more damage it is doing because it's a slow chop. It's making us disinterested, um, but it's not, it's not causing any kind of, of, uh, any, any kind of capitulation. Now, maybe when Adam was looking at the charts, he looked at this chart over here. And this chart, you know, he said the charts are ugly, but, you know, we, every time we get a top, we get this like fake breakout and then we get the retrace and it happened again. It says, uh, this, this account says literally the same top signature every single time over two years. It really doesn't get much easier to comprehend than that. Maybe we, we did get a top and we do need a real uh, correction to happen. A couple of other things that I saw which, make me, which have made me change my mind about the fact that we may get this um, uh, uh, um, uh, short-term bounce and short squeeze back to like high 40s. I don't think we're going there anymore. I think we actually should go one leg down. So long-term holders sent over $430 million at a loss to exchanges. So long-term holders are starting slowly, slowly, slowly to capitulate. Short-term holders, they have a 38,130 average price point. So up until now, they're still in profit. And so they're not feeling the pain of the correction. But what happens when we go under 38,130? They start to feel pain. They start to take losses. They start to take less risks. So I think, I think, that there is an option, there is a possibility that we actually go and tag uh, another leg down and actually start tagging these levels. One other thing that we, we can't really discount is the fact that the miners are now selling. Just look at the rate of selling on the miners over here. By the way, you can get this all information on the crypto banter account. Now, we do have a new intern on the crypto banter account, um, a genius intern, I must say a genius intern, but so cheeky you, you look so cocky you can't actually believe now i'll tell you what the problem is the problem is that this intern has the the keys the 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 lock the password to the, to the twitter account and 
only this intern has the password to the Twitter account. So we can't actually get the intern off the Twitter account. We have a big problem here. We have a, a big problem. So for now, we have to live with this intern that we have. Um, I mean, the intern is funny. You've got to admit, the intern is funny. Very, very, very funny. Um, so the miners are selling. Why the miners are selling? I'll tell you why the miners are selling. Put one and one together. When the halving happens, halving means that half, you start earning half the Bitcoin rewards that you were earning, right? So if you've got a, if you're going to be earning half the Bitcoin that you were earning from the day before the halving, what's the only way to keep your profits the same? Well, there's two ways. One is the Bitcoin price has to double. That's not going to happen on the day of the halving. The other thing is that you've got to have double the amount of miners to actually generate the same kind of profits as you were doing before. How do you get more miners? Well, you sell Bitcoin. Sell Bitcoin, buy miners, invest in your business so that you can keep the same profits going forward and you can keep the same hash power going forward. So um, the miners are actually starting to sell. And then what I think is that this is probably true. He says, historically, after transitioning from capitulation, which is where we were, to hope, to optimism, and finally to belief, Bitcoin has often experienced a brief phase of anxiety marked by, pri by a price correction. This pattern appears to be repeating itself as if we're witnessing a 20% correction in Bitcoin. If history is any guide, there might be a temporary setback before the continuation of the uptrend. And I think that's what I've changed my mind to. I was saying that it's going to be a short-term bounce. I'm now looking at this and I'm going, it feels like this trade is out of steam and I think it, there needs to be another leg down. I don't see the short squeeze happening today or tomorrow. Regardless, these are all short-term things because we're not actually looking or you shouldn't be looking at the market with such short-term eyes. You should be looking at the market with much, much, much longer-term eyes. That's how you should be looking at the market. You're not looking at the market for the next month or two months. You're looking at the market for, for the rest of, of, of the cycle. That's, that's pretty much how you should be looking at this, at this. And in that cycle, what you'll do is you'll get like certain ups and downs and some narratives up, some narrative down. But if you're looking in the long term, then this is just a great buying opportunity. That's it. So the lower it goes, as I said to you, we'll say fortunately, the market went lower. Fortunately, we're getting new buying opportunities. That's how we view these corrections. So secretly, I'm actually like going, you know what? Just come down more, come down more, come down more. I wanna, I've, got, I've got a buy list. I want to start buying my buy list. That, that's, that's pretty much where it is. Um, let's talk about the next trade. So let's talk about the next trade. So the, this trade we said was the Bitcoin ETF trade. As I said to you, this Bitcoin ETF trade now gone, finished. You can see the institutions have un un unwound their Bitcoin ETF trade. You can see that over here. Um, everybody's pretty much out of the Bitcoin ETF trade. It's not really an interesting trade anymore. I don't actually even think that the horse race trade, which is like the, the grayscale versus the bitwise, that even that trade is not really an exciting trade anymore. It will become exciting if someone withdraws a lot or someone deposits a lot. But otherwise, I mean, what are we going to comment on? Are we going to sit here and comment on the inflows and outflows on the ETFs every single day for the rest of our lives? Are we going to be here at like the age of 90 going, hey, well, Bitcoin, Bitwise got $10 million today. And we're not doing that shit. Finished. That, that trade is finished. And I think that the next trade after this trade has to be an altcoin trade. And again, Rect Capital agrees with me. He says, interestingly, it is possible that Q1 altcoin hype cycle will begin in the next coming weeks and the last and last until April as we get closer to the halving. So let's just analyze what he's saying here. We'll probably have another dip. When we come back up again, the trade is not a Bitcoin trade because the Bitcoin trade 
You, it's like you've taken a lemon, you've squeezed all the water out of the fucking lemon, all the juice out of the lemon. There's nothing left in this lemon. There's nothing. You, you've, taken, you've taken water from the stone, blood from the stone. There's nothing left in this trade. No one's coming back for the Bitcoin trade. We're coming back for the altcoin trade. I think the altcoin trade that people are going to start coming back to initially, the easiest one is the ETH altcoin trade because the logic in the market is this logic. Um, and, and a lot of people are talking about it, people that I speak, speak to. Your next focus should be to position into this. Bitcoin began pumping three months, three to four months prior to its approval. The fact that the SEC is delaying the approval when they could easily reject it makes me think the ETH ETF is actually going to happen in May. So he is speculating, just like the rest of the market, that the ETH ETF will happen in May. He's probably right. And in, in, in most of the probabilities, the SEC cannot decline or cannot deny the ETH ETF because there is already an ETH futures ETF. But Gary Gensler has warned us. I mean, he did come out the other day. We did play the video here. And Gary Gensler did warn us. He said, this one's not as straightforward. Now, that could just be posturing and bullshit and whatever else. But that is the trade that people are talking about now. Hester Peirce, again, is on the right side of history. Gary Gensler says it's not going to be the same. So that is the next trade that people are starting to position themselves. Not the Bitcoin trade. It's an altcoin trade. It's, it begins with ETH and then we, and then we move on to all the other, the, the other altcoins. So I think that that's, this, is a, this is my thesis. My thesis is instead of just bouncing back up from here, I'm hoping... I'm really, really, really hoping that we get another leg down. We can buy. When the, other, when the next leg down comes, Just let's just quickly just prepare ourselves for what the next leg down looks like. If it happens like I want it to happen, like I think it may happen, you're going to get a massive spike down, something that's really going to scare us. It's going to make us shit our pants. It's going to make us not want to buy the altcoin buy lists that we've prepared in advance of this. Because I know you've all done your homework. You've all prepared these amazing long lists. Um, it, it's going, to, it's going to, to, to make you feel like you've made such a mistake buying and that it's the end of crypto. Kind of like what you felt like when FTX collapsed last year. That is how it's going to make you feel. And only then, I think, do we go up in a very, very healthy thing. But that doesn't mean that we stop, we stop looking at the altcoins. We, we continue to look at the altcoins because I think that the market, majority of the market believes that the next trade is the altcoin trade. Okay, major I say majority of the market. There is one analyst um, that doesn't believe this. You know who the one analyst that doesn't believe this is? There's one analyst. Actually, there's two analysts. One of them is Benjamin Kahn. Because Benjamin Kahn always says, it's uh, dominance is going to go up. Bitcoin's going to go up. ETH is going to go up. That's Benjamin Kahn. Then there's another analyst on the block who also is now in that camp. His name is Kyle Cohen. Kyle Cohen. Kyle Dupes, Kyle Cowan, Bitcoin dominance still suggests 60 is the most probable target. So he's so Kyle, so not everyone agrees that, the, that, that altcoins are the next trade. But didn't he do a video the other day saying it's altcoin season next? But now he's saying in his tweet, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to call Kyle here and we're going to have to have a, a discussion with him. We're going to have to have, 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 have to have a discussion with him. Um, also, I mean, if you look at, at this chart that they're all referring to, you can see that they're saying that this is the trend line that Bitcoin dominance is on and Bitcoin dominance is actually going to go up. So let's say that not everybody agrees that it's altcoins. I think it's altcoins. Uh, the Irishman thinks it's altcoins. The scarecrows don't think. They just would. They just sit here like this. Um, pity, pity. Let's look at the altcoins. Um, 
pretty red day on the altcoins, except for a couple of them. So helium, we're going to talk about helium as the uh, next. Tau, bit tensile. I'm very confused about what Tau is because I thought like Tau was just like amazing infrastructure for AI projects. I really did. Like, you know, I've been buying a lot of Tau because I've thought that it's like this amazing uh, AI infrastructure project with like this like proof of work type structure um, that really, really, really works. But then yesterday when I was watching BitBoy show, Ben's show, he says that Tau is actually an a, a NFT project on Solana. That's what he said. I, 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 I kid you not. Listen. Great pick. Uh, BitTenser, uh, Solana NFT launching platform uh, or NFT exchange. So all this time I've been buying BitTenser, thinking that I'm buying a, an, a, a, an AI infrastructure project, which has an amazing, very similar to Bitcoin proof of work type mechanism. And then BitBoy, Ben, says that it's actually a launch pad for, for NFTs on Solana. Careful where you get your information from. That's, that's all I'm saying. Just careful where you get your information from. Let's talk about altcoins. Let's go into altcoins. Let's go into the altcoins today. So not a great day for altcoins. Tau up, IOTA up, OKB up. The rest of them pretty red. Let's look at the hot narrative today. By the way, you've seen this button. So what went up today? AI is up 1.66%. I guarantee you that's because of, of, of Tau. So you see Tau. Oh, and Alephium also up. Is Alephium up 50% today? Holy shit, Alephium's up 50% today. Wow. We are holders of Alephium. Very, very, very good project. So good day for AI. You see, this is this is the beauty of this new button that we've added in for you. Look here. So if you click hot narratives in the morning, you can immediately see what's up, what's down. So um, Josh, we don't need a stable coins narrative. We can remove that. That's like it's it's not a, not that's not actually a narrative. If you, yeah, but that's not a narrative for us. Can we get rid of it? So you can see that NFTs are up. Uh, AI is up today. Exchanges slightly up. Let's look at the top ecosystems. Um, Canto ecosystem is Canto an ecosystem? No, no. I think you need to fix your your your. I think you need to fix the buttons. I think. Yeah, but I think we need to fix the buttons. Yeah, but we are building this for you guys so that you can see the top performing ecosystems and narratives. Also, remember, guys. I don't know why no one wants to win this money. You've got. You can predict the price of Solana, Ethereum, Sui, Say, Bonk, and Arbitrum, and you can win ten thousand dollars of each. And so you've got so many chances. All you need to do is have an exchange account with Crypto Banter, with a Crypto Banter link. Go to this thing, make a prediction. Someone says $102.39. I, I think I agree. 163 is a bit high. At the end of Feb, and then you win $10,000 worth of Solana. And if that's not enough, you can go to Ethereum, predict the price of Ethereum, win 10 grand worth of Ethereum. Just go and predict prices. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, all right, what else is pumping today? Let's look at the last hour. Okay, last hour slightly green. So I'd imagine Bitcoin is slightly up. Okay, let us look at some other altcoin news today. So we did have a launch today. Uh, Altlayer is a new token that was launched, mainly an airdrop uh, in this launch. I think it was airdropped. I think Binance is one of the, the supporting partners today. This is a token that really, really, really plays into all this, all the, the narratives. What it does is it creates rollups as a service. So what you need to know about this is, you know, like everybody wants to create rollups that, that settle onto the ETH narrative, onto the ETH chain. So that's what they do. They create, Altlayer creates rollups as a service that makes creating rollups very, very, very simple. It also leverages off this whole eigenlayer uh, narrative, which is, which is really, really, really starting, which is this restaking. So it validates to the ETH ecosystem using eigenlayer so that you can, you, you can use the same validators, basically. That launched. 
It is now trading at 34 cents and they dropped 300 million tokens. So that's about 100 million dropped onto the family. Someone said this, which I think is very good. Outlayer didn't run a six-month points program, didn't have a leaderboard, didn't make you connect to Twitter. They simply just dropped tokens. Be like Outlayer, do better. So, I mean, that's quite cool. So that's, that's Outlayer. Keep your eyes out for that. Um, I, I did see this. So, by the way, Ansem is actually coming onto our show tomorrow. Tomorrow we have a Friday banter. Uh, it might be on this channel or it might be on Banter Plus. And Ansem is coming on the show. We can talk to him about Solana, say a whole lot of other ones. Um, they, Solana also, they did, uh, they've got, they did something amazing yesterday. So they launched yesterday, they launched a whole lot of token extensions, which allow mainly enterprise customers to do a whole lot of different um, use, uses with their token. So this is new, and this would create a whole lot of a whole lot of new uses for their token. So things like, in, they say in total, thirteen token extensions exist of comprising transfer hooks, confidential transfers, non non transfer tra, non transferability transfer fees. So you can actually build this into the token using a token extension. And the reason why this is so good is because a it creates more functionality for the token, but me but b for real-world assets and for enterprise use cases where they need privacy and stuff like that, they can now build it in straight into the token. And that's, that's seriously, seriously bullish. I also saw something else, which is why Helium's pumping. Uh, Helium expanding to Mexico, including, so they, they are having a partnership with Telefonica in Mexico for deploying mobile hotspots. Mexico has a very, very, very big mobile phone market, huge mobile phone market, um, and Helium is now breaking into that market. And that's why you've got Helium uh, today pumping quite a bit. I mean, in the last hour, it's down 2%, but generally it's pumping quite a bit today. Um, let's quickly go into our researchers' picks. So Paolo is sinking himself deeper and deeper down. He's down 1%, but he's actually smart. You know, he went into longer-term plays where the other researchers went into bounce plays. Um, Kapoor, the Indian that eats meat, uh, down 12%. Joe, the Irishman, uh, 12% up. Uh, Gustavo, up 14%. He must have caught a lithium. A lithium, that's why. And then um, Chris, not bad, 5.69% up. Um, so far, so good. Um, let's quickly go see what, what else is there. So there, are, there is other altcoin news. Ah, oh, man. So this, is, this was yesterday in our, in, in our front runners Discord. And I do know that now there's almost 1,000 of you on, on the waiting list. We're only opening it up next week, and it's only the first thousand that are getting in. If you want to be on the waiting list, there is a link below. I'm not guaranteeing you to, that you're going to get in. It's, I mean, but one thing I can tell you is that there's a lot of calls in there that that haven't been anywhere else. So, Frax was called yesterday um, by one of our analysts. It was called yesterday in this uh, uh, front runners group. Um, the reason why they're calling it is because Frax is launching a layer two next week. And not only are they launching a layer two next week, but because of this whole eigenlayer restaking narrative thing, which we'll talk about a lot because a lot of you don't really understand how restaking works. But eff effectively, it allows you to stake your ETH tokens, get your, your proxy tokens to say that you've staked your ETH tokens, which is called, say, for example, STETH, and then restake those um, to validate other networks. And so one of those networks is actually going to be Frax Finance. You're going to be able to stake your, your, your ETH into Frax, get your FR ETH or whatever it's called, FR ETH on Frax, right? And then what you're going to be able to do is restake those on Eigenlayer, and that's going to create a whole big use case for Frax. So Frax is one that I'm looking at. 
Next one that I am looking at is one that we don't talk about a lot. It's a very, very, very long-term play. It's not a short-term play. It's a token that is trading under the price where the VCs got in. So the last raise that the VCs got in was at about a dollar. But if you look at XLR today, so XLR is one which I really love. We don't talk about a lot. I do hold a big bag of XLR, which I've been holding for a long time. Um, it's trading at 91 cents. The VCs paid a dollar for, for, for their XLR. Um, what XLR is, it's a chain on Cosmos or it's a protocol on Cosmos, which acts as a bridge. So basically what it is, it's, the, it's almost like the back-end system of a bridge. But now what this bridge has done is it's actually started to bridge tokens between Immutable X and Ethereum. So depositing and withdrawing funds between Immutable X powered by Polygon and Ethereum just got a whole lot easier thanks to XLR. So XLR is now spreading itself beyond the Cosmos ecosystem. It's trading at under what the VCs bought at. The VCs paid a dollar, or the last round paid a dollar. It's trading at 91 cents. Full disclosure, we hold a whole lot of these. Uh, but you've got you to be prepared to hold this one for a long time. Um, yeah, you've got to be prepared. If you want to buy it, one of the DEXs that actually does sell it is one of our sponsors, which is SmartDEX. So there's not a lot of trading on it, but SmartDEX does have it. SmartDEX, remember, for those of you who don't know, is a DEX that has, um, instead of getting impermanent loss, you actually get impermanent gain. Um, so they've managed to take impermanent loss and make it in, in permanent game. Also, they actually are launching a stablecoin, or they have launched a stablecoin, which is like their own stablecoin, which is not exactly pegged to a dollar, but it has a very smart mechanism. So go check it out. They're actually one of our sponsors, but a very, very, very smart uh, protocol. And then the other one, so I, don't, I was tempted whether I should even talk about this. And the reason why I, I, like, I, I didn't understand, know if, if we should or shouldn't talk about it, because it came up to it on one of our watch lists. Um, but the thing is, they are one of our sponsors. So I'm telling you that they are one of our sponsors, but it came up on one of our watch lists. And that's Tectum. Now, I said to you, what Tectum actually is, it has a token listed. Let's quickly just go in and, and I'll show you what the, what the Tectum token is. Um, I always feel conflicted when I talk about sponsors tokens. So you can see that's, that's the token. Um, here's the performance of the token in the last three months. You see it's come down quite a bit from, from the high. But the reason why it came up is not because that came up because of a technology. And the tech, what these guys have done is they're saying that if instead of, if you want to send Bitcoin from one person to another, instead of using up space on the Bitcoin network, you can actually just send the password on a separate blockchain, which is called the Tectum blockchain. So it's almost like you take a Bitcoin, you want to send a Bitcoin to a friend or, or into two friends, you break it up into two halves, deposit it on the Bitcoin network. But then instead of sending the Bitcoin to your friend, on the Bitcoin network, you just send the password to them on the Tectum blockchain. And then it makes the Bitcoin uh, fees much lower. You're still transferring Bitcoin, but you're just transferring the password. And that's what I liked about the tech. And I am looking for an entry point into there. And then, yeah, someone says it is brilliant. It is. It's absolutely, absolutely brilliant technology. Like really, really, really. Um, it's not Rectum, it's Tectum. It's not, it's, it's not Rectum, it's Tectum. Uh, and then lastly, which I saw today, GMX, very cheap, I think. Uh, they launched on BNB a few hours ago, already pulled 1.3 million in liquidity. I just keep buying GMX. I'm, I'm actually irresponsible long uh, GMX. I'm irresponsibly long GMX. I, I just keep buying it. It's like a drug. I just drag, 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 buy GMX. And then lastly, look, we did talk about Satoshi VM. You know, you'll remember I said to you the other day that that for me was a big warning sign. There were too many influencers shilling Satoshi VM. I said, like, to me, that's, that's the sign for you that... You know, you may be, that's, I said to you, that's when you've got to trade against the, the influencers. And now it's all coming out in the wash. There's, a, there's this whole debacle between this guy called Mac BTC, 
um, where he has been accused of, he's been accused on Twitter. We make none of these accusations. He's been accused on Twitter of dumping, of, of basically taking huge allocations of this thing and actually just profiting for himself. Um, and so th- that's, that's what's going on. Ape Terminal have also got accusations against him. There's a big fight. Ape Terminal have been accused of not being fair as to how they selected the 10 Ape Terminal winners. When someone analyzed the wallets, they said, look, there were some anomalies in how the wallets were analyzed. Now Ape Terminal, which is this fancy launch pad, and Mac BTC, who is this, you want to call him like this um, influencer ringleader. That's, I don't know how else you could say to him. He's like, he's a project advisor, but he's an influencer ringleader. He ba- basically, all the influencers go to him and he gives them these allocations and they sit there like dogs going, please give me more biscuits, please give me more cookies. Um, that's, that's basically what it is. And now there's this whole big debacle and that has taken down Satoshi VM's uh, price today because of all or because of everything that's going on. So that's now down at $7.20. It was at, it was at $11 before this whole debacle. And it's a, it's a big problem. And that's why we stayed away from shilling this thing. Like that, I just saw that there was too many influencers making too much noise. I didn't like the look of it, even though we are invested. And I told you guys that we are invested. Didn't like the look of it. So that's why we stayed back. And now this whole thing is actually unraveling. Um, go and do your research for yourself. I'm, I'm not going to take sides here because I actually don't have the full picture. But I mean, that's why it actually went down. That's, that's actually why it went down. Um, is there anything else that we need to cover for today before we go to Dylan's show? Dylan is bullish. Have fun. He's how much? 65% bullish. He says, but he does say there's volatility incoming. He's starting in 10 minutes. He is starting in 10 minutes. All right, chaps. I shall see you guys again tomorrow. Listen, I've got a massive show for you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow is Ansem and Jose. Ansem is probably one of the, the smartest investors right now in this space. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, so I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, trade well, my friends.